Hi everyone, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual. I'm David Campbell. And I'm Joseph Whitney. This is Brewing with BIM. Where we talk about construction processes, technology, BIM, and beer. Welcome back to another episode of Bring with BIM. I'm Joe Whitney, and with me is always David Campbell. What's up, Dave? Hey, not much. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Oh, man, I see uh, you're enjoying the beautiful weather behind you. Oh, yes. The Pacific Northwest has been uh, pretty beautiful the past couple of weeks. I've been uh, enjoying the weather. Top off of the Jeep Gladiator. Top and doors off. Driving around, trying to take in all the sunshine. <laughs> oh, man. Get that vitamin D fixed while you still can. Oh, yeah. That's we, sure. uh, we've, uh, kind of switched places. I've had rain like nonstop past few days, man. <laughs> Be like, you know, 70, 80 degrees outside. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And then I feel a little sprinkle and then it just dumps on me and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> damn it. Well, uh, you know, we got a cool episode today. We're going to chat about, um, well, pretty much nothing, right? As always. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, this one is, uh, we thought we'd do a part two of our BSing with BIM. Uh, we're in the past, we just chatted about, you know, topics that were relevant topics, how many topics that are going on right now in the BIM community. Um, we've got quite a list. I'm filling up my whiteboard right next to me here, um, with things that, you know, we got to get to. Uh, but before we do any of that, man, what are you drinking? So I got a couple different things today, both from Oregon. Um, I have a stone circle cider made from Estacada or made in Estacada. Uh, it's a lavender tarragon and I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, the other thing, dude, I was looking at the liquor store today like, man, what did I want? What do I want to get? What do I really want to um, kind of bring on the podcast today? What could be a little original? And I found um, something I've never tried before, and it's a uh, hopped whiskey. So Double Mountain Brewery got together with uh, Hood River Distillers, and they made a whiskey that was hopped with Apollo and Whole Leaf Cascade hops. Um so I'm pretty excited to kind of give this a try. I've got it over ice today. So figured I'd just uh, kind of double fist it a little bit, you know? Yeah, uh, liquor first, then beer. You're yeah. in the clear. Yeah, yeah liquor before <laughs> beer, then you're in the clear. Beer before liquor, then you're getting sick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Woohoo, college, <laughs> high school, whatever. <laughs> Life's depends. lessons. Yeah, depends on where you grew up. Uh, today, man, I am drinking, uh, it's called Jam Up the Mash, and it's by this brewery called Collective Arts, and I really, I was super pretentious when I bought it. Uh, it, I bought it because it was like, you know, like 12 bucks for a four pack, and it had really cool artwork, so that was it. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll buy it, and, uh, it turns out to be probably my new favorite beer. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite delicious. It's, uh, a Canadian beer, um made in Toronto, Canada. And, you know, they've got all this cool artwork all over the different cans and stuff. And it's a dry hop sour, which you were just talking about your um, hopped whiskey. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like a very unique baby, you know, marrying whiskey and hops. I'm, I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah. This this is like if, if a IPA and a sour had a baby that, you know, ended up leaning more towards the sour. That's what this is, and it is fantastic. It is, 
pretty low on the alcohol volume, you know, on the alcohol yeah. by volume, 5.2. But yeah, means uh, I can drink more of them. Yeah, <laughs> just means I gotta buy like 10, 10 of these six <laughs> packs. Just I gotta kidding. spend more money they're, to get the buzz. <laughs> they're they're pints though, which is cool. They're not just you know 12 ounce cans. Um, and uh, there's three hops in here. There's the um, the Vic Secret, which are the Australian hops that have like the great pineapple flavor. Oh, it's so good, pineapple and passion fruit. I was like um, beers brewed with that. You know the, tr- the traditional Citra, uh, which is just citrus notes, and then the Mosaic, which is you know IPAs, American Pale Ales. Um, it's very very bitter. So like that's what's giving it the the bitterness that that Mosaic really that makes me think of the IPA. But oh dude, it is it's delicious, man. Yeah. All right. All right. Man, I, I'm actually digging on this uh, this hopped whiskey. Honestly, it's a uh, it's nice and smooth. It's got a it's got a uh, I almost want to say like a citrusy kind of taste to it. Like you can kind of taste a little bit of the hops, but I mean, honestly, it's good. It's really good. A really good combination. I like this a lot. I don't know if it'd be good for uh, for an old fashioned. I might have to try it, but I mean, I think for a sipping whiskey, this is really good. Mm. All right. 41% and 82 proof. Mm. Yeah. I might, I might, uh, I might have to snag me a bottle of that. Yeah, dude, I'd have to check it out. I'd, I'd recommend it. I'd, I would I, recommend it. I don't know what I would. Again, you were talking about mixers and stuff. I don't know what I would do with it. I like drinking. You know, I'm a big whiskey connoisseur. At least yeah. I used to be. Um, I just don't have the time to to sit around and drink whiskey anymore except for this podcast <laughs> yeah yeah that's it dude but uh you know i'd like to you know up my my stash and and get yeah. some nice little bottles 20 like 22 bucks man that oh, was awesome. dude, that's nothing that's, man yeah, right? that's nothing saying. for whiskey yeah oh no. heck yeah and i mean i'm like wow that's kind of cheap but you know what no i'll try it and sure enough it's it's a good whiskey i like it yeah yeah Hey man, my go-to is Bullet, which is like mm-hmm. what, thirty-five bucks, thirty-eight bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't matter. It's just like it's how you like it. It's, yeah. it's really, that's it. It's what it's, you like and how you like it. And those typically aren't like sipping whiskeys. Those are like I usually mix them with some stuff. Like uh, on that one episode, I candied the lemons, dude. That was yeah. the best old-fashioned ever, man. Hands yeah. down. Like just, <laughs> you got so me wanting good. to candy some oranges. That's what I want to do for an old fashioned. I love I got I got aromatic orange bitters in there and I've started kind of tweaking how I make my old fashions just to see. I love that orange taste, man. If I could take an orange peel, twist it, put it in there with some orange bitters. Ah, uh, uh, Angostura bitters. Is that what it is? Angus, yeah. Agnast- yeah. Ag- uh, yeah, something, yeah. Yeah. Something, something like that. I can't remember exactly it's what bitter. it is. Yes. Yeah. They're <laughs> bitters. But um, yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, though, one of my favorite whiskeys I've found so far for old fashions has been Buffalo Trace. I really enjoy Buffalo Trace with an old fashioned, just because it's a kind of it's a kind of sweet whiskey, right? Yeah. And it complements the the sweetness of the old fashioned very well. But shit, if I'm if, if I'm if I'm balling on a budget, I'll go with a box of whiskey. <laughs> Make that into some freaking. Dude, I have never seen a box of whiskey before. It was all <laughs> you brought that stuff, and I was just like, oh my gosh, man. I, that's pretty pretty. No I'm shame, jealous of your bro. cigar, man. Oh, dude. Thank you. I got some whiskey and a cigar, bro. 
you know, it's a beautiful day to sit out on the boat on the porch, enjoy some whiskey and smoke a I got a Havana honey and smoke a little cigar. Oh man. See I got some cigars in my glove box and I probably tried out by now, but uh can't can't go outside because it's been, you know, raining off and on <laughs> and the past like week. So Yep, yep. You're gonna be throwing this back in my face in like a week or two. You'll be like, oh, hey, yeah, Dave, yeah. it's beautiful and sunny out here. How's it in Portland? I'm like, fucking raining for two weeks. <laughs> you know what? I can't complain though because I'm inside working. Like, so I work at on my, yep. you know, my not, you know, eight to five, bust do my job, and at five o'clock it hits. Five five thirty hits. I'm I'm upstairs, you know, remodeling the kitchen, getting on that. We did the tile today, so it's like, if, if we're gonna have bad weather, have it while I'm not going outside. That's true. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. But, dude, your kitchen project's looking good. Good job yeah. on that tile. Yeah, thanks, man. Just uh, finished grout today, which is why we ended up doing this a little bit later. And uh, <laughs> no yeah. excuses, man. You were, like, beat me to it, and uh, you had an actual emergency on your hands. Dude, yeah, that was interesting. Um, yeah, it's one of those dad things, you know. It, one of my kids, Ivory, my oldest, actually, uh, fell off the swing today, and fractured her foot twice so that called for an urgent care trip you know funny because i just had a doctor's appointment there this morning i went in and I, you know I'm, I'm trying to get go back to physical therapy for my shoulders and stuff and it was so funny that the, the lady at the front desk looks at me and she's like weren't you just here this morning i like it here i guess i don't know <laughs> you guys didn't have enough of my money sorry yeah right gotta come back for more here oh, here you man. go Oh, fun, gosh. fun man. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm still envious. You got the beautiful weather. You got good whiskey. Yep. And yep. Uh, you got a little stogie there, man. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's nice. kick this off. What's the plan oh, yeah, today? Man. All right, man. So um, you know this. Uh, <laughs> there was an update to Reddit. Mm-hmm. There's uh, an open letter that uh, has made uh, some yeah. news and uh, got some attention. Um, there, um, there were some cool videos shared, uh, about the Infoworks COVID workflow, mm-hmm. uh, some changes made with the cloud model and, uh, design and all that stuff. So we're going to chat about all this stuff today, all the things that have changed, um, and then take about a million tangents. So that's <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> cool, cool, man. Well, uh, let's kick this off, dude. Um, so... I guess first and foremost, man, let's start with Reddit, dude. All right. Yep, you know, it's yep. beast here in the room. <laughs> um, so, well, actually, let's start this off first. So um, let's start with a letter. So there yeah, was a letter passed by someone. Yeah, it feeds into the Reddit piece. Yeah. So for those of you guys that know, there's this letter uh, from some of the world's largest architecture firms. Uh, you know, they joined together and they wrote this open letter criticizing Autodesk for um, – lack of development and increasing prices. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an eye opener. It's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, are they, you know, what's going to happen to Revit? What's, you know, and everybody's like, oh, finally somebody's, you know, yet, you know, pardon me, saying something to Autodesk. And then, and then uh, you hear something back, you know, everybody else start to chime back. That's on the other side. It's like, what are you talking about? Like Revit's got undergone, I guess, let me back up. They said that Revit hasn't had any advancements for architecture firms. Yeah. Which, in some cases, can be 
you know, can be considered true. Like most yeah. of the advancements and the major advancements anyways, the overhauls in the past few years, at least to me that I've seen were, um, you know, trying to make Revit multidiscipline like exactly. really well. We, we're, yeah. Think about Revit not working for architects. It sucks for subcontractors. What the yeah. hell are you guys talking about? Like, yeah. Well, beautiful for architects. Dude, I think I think um, the reply from Andrew Agnos, like the CEO of uh, of Autodesk, was actually pretty spot on. And, and I, I I looked at it at this from a few different ways. You know, um, Revit has grown exponentially in the years that Autodesk has had it. Right, it really has. And and lately, as you've said, um, they've been focusing on. Uh, let's see, for subcontractors, uh, for a big portion of it, but they've been focusing on making it multidiscipline. You've seen a lot of improvements with Revit structure, and you've seen a lot of improvements with Revit MEP. Now, there have still been consistent improvements I've seen with Autodesk architecture, Revit, Autodesk Revit architecture, right? Um, I mean, yeah, I could see things here and there where um, – they could improve, but I mean, I think if I'm honest, that's any software out there. Yeah. You're gonna see different ways to improve. You can't make everybody happy, but at the same time, they cannot focus on architecture with it. Revit itself is about collaboration. You know, it's feeding into BIM, and with BIM, we want to make that, we want to bridge that gap between all the disciplines, bring all that data together, right, and make it. Um, easily digestible, not only for the design phase, but into construction. And I think that's really what they've been focusing on, especially with BIM 360 and things like that. Um, we're going to get into that a little bit later, but I, I think really Autodesk has been pretty good with um, advancing Revit. But I mean, at the same time, you know, yeah, that letter was eye-opening in the, in the same sense of like, yeah, prices are going up. They are going up. And But I mean, I don't know if they are going up. Like, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm on, so I'm a little biased here, right? I'm on the Autodesk sales rep, uh, and I don't work for Autodesk. I work for uh, another reseller, Platinum reseller, um, and I'm yeah. an Autodesk sales rep. So I deal with this all the time, but I can tell you um, the cost of software has gone down for the initial purchase, right? Obviously, you're just yeah. paying over your, you know, every year. But those maintenance users that they were used to just paying this, they pay, you know, 13,000 for a building design suite or whatever uh, back in the day. And then they pay 1100 bucks a year for maintenance or whatever it was. Um, they're used to do that. But here's the issue that I don't get. Well, that, that doesn't change. You still, if you still have those maintenance seats, you still only pay like 1100 bucks a year. So, yep. so nothing has changed, but to play devil's advocate here, there are two things that kind of irk me. One in that letter uh, from them actually hit home and it is a big deal. Um, and that yep. is Revit is single core. It means yep. you could have all the cores in the world, but all your most of your Autodesk products only run one core. Um, so it's a resource hog in that way. And it sucks because um, you would think that a program of, of that scale should would want to utilize multiple cores. I don't know what the, yep. the science is behind it. I don't I don't know the reasoning. I just, you know, as a user, it's like, damn it, this would be so much better. If, if yeah. you know, I wasn't constrained. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, you when you go to operate Revit nowadays, um, you got to have a computer that is pretty sturdy, right? It's got to be beefy. Um, it's got to be able to support <clears throat> the different workflows that you want to do. And if you get into point clouds and things like that, dude, it's got to be really good, right? Um, 
I mean, I think that's one big reason we've seen companies like Unify step in and start adding like more value there because they're like, man, these uh, models can use these video game graphics, right, as for walkthroughs and things like that. The more we get into, um, I actually talked about it on my on my blog there, but visualization of this model, visualization is key. And um, the size of these models, the data that they take up, and then the more materials and things you, you put into them, they get bigger and bigger. And it does put a, a really heavy toll on your computers, I would say, yeah. for how much you're using them. Um, I'm actually looking forward to, on the flip side of that, I'm looking forward to when we can push all of this up to the cloud. And when we can start using, I almost want to say like remote desktops, but utilizing Autodesk Revit from the cloud on my, you know, Chromebook or whatever it is, doesn't really matter. I use the cloud to compute whatever I need, and then I pull it down onto my desktop for when I when I need to, you know, operate into it. Well, I connect to it, let's say. Yeah, and I don't know. Some some part of me is like, yeah, that's great, like having your software in the cloud, but internet's always an issue. Bandwidth's always an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, connectivity. It's like, eh. Sometimes I, I like just being self-contained, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Not like um, imagine it this way: if you were um, a consultant and you um, you went on vacation out in the woods or something like that, you brought your laptop to work. You can still mm-hmm. work without internet. That's fine. And then yep. your Monday morning deadline or whatever it is can mm-hmm. still be met. Um, and you didn't have to sacrifice your vacation. I'm sure you got to sacrifice time on your vacation, but you didn't have to sacrifice your vacation. That sort of stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, that's but definitely true. Are, we got to get both sides of the coin. Yeah. And, and, I mean, there's companies already out there that are doing some stuff with, remote, you know, virtualization, uh, VDI environments for um, software. So, like, if you have, um, what's some of the other options out there? So, we've got... Um, remote desktops, stuff like that, where um, I've seen you, Nutanix, like, the XI frame, I think it was a frame. Yeah, frame, frame was one. Yeah, but yeah. I, like I have customers that have like their their laptops in their office and they VPN into it. They've you know prioritized their networks in such a way that there's no lag for them working on that, working on their computer, you know, yep. that way, or they're working on it from a virtual server from a server farm up in New York or so, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's no downtime. The only issue, though, is, you know, internet connection at that point. But they're, um, they they swear by no lag. They said it works great. Um, yeah. Well, you know, there's this big movement in our country, in the world right now, I would say. Um, I've been I've been kind of studying it for the past couple of years. And um, a lot of people are called digital nomads, right, where – they're consultants. Oh, or I can totally draftsmen. see you in a freaking oh, Winnebago dude. driving across oh, country. You working. have no idea in a second, bro. Oh, in a man. second. I see one of those Winnebagos this weekend as we were driving around up on the mountain, and I was like, yes, I would be all over that. Yes, I would definitely be a digital nomad if I could. Oh, yeah, I just, man. I love that movement. I think that. Um, the more we can get out of, you know, I, I think going to the office is cool. I do um, just because, you know, you connect with your peers and you can start connecting with other people. It forces you to kind of think you're at work. But at the same time, dude, you know, Corona and um, just being being at home, working from home, it's been a different kind of experience. And I think about, man, if I could travel and just live wherever I wanted and do this still, 
Like you can drive around the country, work from wherever you want to, and still be able to produce these, you know, awesome models, these renderings, these drawings, what have you. Awesome, awesome yeah. idea. Yeah, oh, I'll I get would, behind that any day. I, I, I'd get behind that too, my man. I would uh, do some. I, yeah, I'd, I'd have fun with that. It just, it seems hard um, when you think about it in the in the context of like needing personal space to get work done and oh, yeah. having your you know kids are all around you and your your wife and it's it's tough when they're at home with you but imagine being oh, in something like a Winnebago just oh uh, yeah <laughs> that's got to be when my kids are out that's got to yeah. be when the kids are out that's they don't make a Winnebago big enough for yeah. all six of us <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you, <laughs> I'm gonna need you to disappear for about seven hours can you guys do that <laughs> that has got a deadline yeah. Right? Can you guys just go for a long hike? <laughs> oh man. Oh, yeah. Man. So like, I'm with you. I, I idolize that. There's something poetic and romantic about that notion, uh, especially as I'm seeing all these beautiful pine trees behind you. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's easy to fantasize about that, but uh, there's there's downsides. Just like there's downsides to having those pine trees. I had like 40 in my backyard, and it doesn't matter oh. how careful we were. Pine needles were everywhere. We couldn't grow grass in our backyard. I just. Yep. Dude, I'm having an issue with my front yard. I just freaking leveled it out before we left. I seeded it and I'm feeling all good. And then I come back and the whole dang front yard is just covered in pine needles. And I'm like, oh. Ow, that acid just. Your grass. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The joys of being a homeowner, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But no, dude, speaking of collaboration, you know, um, I mean, pushing past that open letter, I, I would say, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that, uh, well, a lot of areas I feel like Autodesk could improve Revit, especially in the yeah. architecture realm. So everybody, though, right? Every, every no software is perfect. ArchiCAD's not perfect. SketchUp's not perfect. Nothing is perfect. You, you pick your poison, you, you double down on it, and you stick with it, and hope it works for you. Um, yeah. The cost increase stuff, though... You know, depends on how you're buying. I get, I get that there could be some issues there. But that said, if we're just picking apart the development side, um, you know, there has been development. Yeah, granted, it hasn't always been just for architects. But that said, this release was pretty dang cool. I mean, yep, yep. There's a lot. Oh, it's of very there. cool. Yeah. There's very cool, dude. I mean, honestly, 2021 in itself, like I love the 2021.1 release and some of the new things that it brings with it. But the 2021 in general, like I, I like a lot of the improvements that they've been continuously doing with Revit. And another thing I was thinking about, you know, is um, honestly, where do you find and, and this may just be my ignorance. We don't I don't know. But where do you find the capability? <laughs> where do you find the capability to um, collaborate in the sense of like the Autodesk package, right? Not just Revit. If we're going to expand past Revit, you're going to go into Civil 3D, Infoworks, Formit, Inventor. You know, just this entire span of different softwares that connect together to benefit these workflows, whether they are manufacturing focused, they're, you know, animating focused, or they're actually like construction focused. I mean, I think the entire package, when you look at it and the capability, she made me an old fashioned. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Awesome. Adrian. Is mine on its way? Dude. 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, one next day shipping priority. <laughs> and we're gonna take a break, guys, and we'll resume this right. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? This is shit. <laughs> it's the best old fashioned ever. Why is it watered down? Damn it, the ice melted. <laughs> No, man, I think I think the offerings that they have and the way that we can put everything together, I think, is another huge key factor in in Autodesk in general. Right. Yeah. I mean, I well, don't I don't really know of any other companies that offer that that uh, that wide of a breadth. Right. Yeah. So maybe not to the breadth that Autodesk offers software, but, you know, those that do offer software, usually there's some interoperability between the different disciplines. But you're right, though, man, like who else does? Movies and video games, um, architecture, engineering, uh, construction, uh, manufacturing, um, you know, 3D printing, organs, car, you know, car. Like, who does all that stuff? Nobody. Yeah, nobody, dude. And, I mean, you're looking at Revit alone. When you look at Revit alone, Revit focuses on structural, architectural, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, right, but also a little bit of, like, landscaping architecture here and there i mean there's there's little things of course that Revit can be supplemented to and and from it it encompasses other disciplines though like it it encompasses civil you know civil engineering disciplines not not to the fact that we can do that inside of Revit, but it allows Mm -hmm. us to bring this into Revit and actually have some kind of interoperability between the two and it's tremendous to think about stuff like that it really Um, is uh so you were just talking about 2021 though and the best things that you know things that have happened that are revolutionary. My favorite thing of 2021 so far, and it's one that I'll be honest, I, I haven't played with as much, but it's just so damn cool to see is mm-hmm. the generative design stuff. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, come on. Like where was this 10 years ago? I don't yeah. know. This is definitely doing some cool stuff there. Um, you know, maybe not, not pushing the boundaries as much as like people that are well, off doing it themselves, but having it baked yeah. into your design package, not as a third party add-on, that's pretty cool. Dude, I think it's very powerful and I think it's awesome. Like not, yes, I know that we're still in the baby step phase and there's a lot of people out there that are so ridiculously smart. And even, even people that would they'll say they're not that smart, but there are whiz in Dynamo or C Sharp or what have you, you know, that's their, their but, niche. Some of the most talented people I've met have said I'm not that smart. It's like Yeah, mm, dude. Okay. You, All right. You, yeah, right. Yeah, modest. <laughs> yeah. You you way to be humble, bro. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> way to be humble. But well, you're not that smart. I am a freaking wooden dummy, dude. I am, <laughs> I am a Neanderthal over here. <laughs> but no, nah, dude, it, it's nice because you're seeing that built in and you're seeing that it's it's being pushed more and more and and since they've opened it up to everybody that project refinery and there's more um there's a place i can't remember what it is there's an actual place to host some of the generative design scripts and i I mean i think it was project refinery like last year i don't know what it is now if it's changed or not i haven't been on it but i know that there's um there's a place that you can go, and I've read certain forums about how um, there's ways you can adopt other people's scripts, and you can start playing with it, and and there's a library of different scripts that you can go through to kind of get different results. And I honestly think the more that we can move from that, let's say, baby, you know, crawling phase to walking, right, and then running. And I cannot wait to see what the running phase of generative design looks like. I, I really can't. Just because be scary, man. 
It is. It's going to be scary. It's taking over the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, back in the day, my uh, well, back in the day, one of my instructors always used to say, when you think about a career, you want to think about what you can do that cannot be replaced by a machine. Like, really, because that's how you know that you're in a good career, like you can spend the rest of your life there. Right. Well, right now <laughs> we got a bunch of draftsmen like. Wait a minute, <laughs> you know, like, uh oh, this could automate even... me out of a job, right? You could automate me out of a job or you could help me do my job easier. Right. And yeah. I, I think that's really what it is. I think it's got to I'm going to I'm going to take this old fashioned. I want to move on to that tarragon, but I'm, I'm going to drink the old fashioned first just because. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I hear you, though. There's there's a fine line. Uh, and there was a video. It might have even been an audio at an Autodesk presentation or something I don't, I don't recall but it was talking about like the integration between uh, machine and man man and machine yeah and it was like well man you know machine doesn't doesn't replace man man uses machine to work smarter so there was a guy and uh, I think he was like either older or had a missing limb or something like that but he used a robot to help him do his job and it actually like made him more efficient more productive yeah. and he was able to work you know for for longer than you know then he probably should, you know, would Ben would have been able to without it. So. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, I, I've, I've been seeing the more, um, more, well, robotics used on construction sites, right? We, we oh, talked about that's this a big trend, man. Seeing yeah, every, dude. We talked about it like a few months ago. Right. And, um, we were talking about automatic, like bricklaying robots. We're talking about exoskeleton suits. There's so many different things that can really enable us. Cause I mean, I, I Everybody knows, and I mean, you could be the strongest freaking person out there, but every human being has weaknesses, right? We are all weak no. in one way or another. Oh, no. We are. We are. We can all be supported in one way or another. And I, I man, that Joe Rogan podcast, actually, you turned me on to Joe Rogan, right? And we were watching um, Joe Rogan podcast. There was a guy on there that really talked about. Um, using robotics and AI not to replace what you're doing, but to give yourself more time to be creative. More, yeah. give yourself like take use a robot, use this AI to take away the tedious tasks, and focus on what you can do to be better. Like, okay, cool, he, this is doing that. Let's move on. Let's do some things that we haven't been able to do before. Yeah, you're not so. I mean, like that, and that gets at like the heart of. Um, just being, you know, alive today is we're so busy going through the slog, like the day-to-day -day grind, trying to bust shit out, trying to trying to keep up with, uh, you know, everything that we got to do that we don't have time to really problem solve. We don't have time to be creative, to focus on the things, to yep. appreciate things. And uh, hell, I'm saying this from experience, man. I, uh, you know, I, you know, do my eight to five, sometimes eight to six, eight to six thirty. Um, and that's not, it's not ridiculous by any means. A lot of people do a lot worse, but, um, I remember being in, when I lived in Portland and working, um, sitting in the car for an hour and a half each day, uh, you know, each just, it yep. just adds up. It's like, well, how much time do you really have to, to be a dad, to be a husband, to, to, um, you know, to get the stuff done in your house, to like do all that stuff. Yep. It's like, well, if I, you know, to appreciate things, really, like I, I tell you, there was a stretch there where I didn't listen to music 
for like maybe a year, year and a half. And you would think that I had all this time in the car to get stuff done, but I was on the phone. I was trying to get stuff done. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, trying to arrange doctor appointments for my kids. I just, there was probably a year, probably about a year where I just didn't, didn't have time to listen to music. That is a sad thought. Like yeah, didn't yeah. have time to enjoy something as basic as music. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy, man. Yeah. Dude, I, uh, I feel another better you, better BIM episode coming on because I've been, I've been, uh, you know, on audible lately and the coronavirus is, kind of made us all step back I think and kind of think like how can I do better how can I be better you know I'm at home and I have a little bit more time like for me I'm saving 35 minutes um, there and 35 minutes back so 70 minutes a day for driving to the office and beautiful, back right? it is it's very beautiful plus um, you're making your own lunches you're yeah exactly dude making your own lunches everything and I keep uh I, you know I started thinking like man I need to start doing better things with my time because I feel like I don't have enough time but I talked about this before Steve Cam actually said uh it's not really the time that you have it's prioritizing the time the things that you want to do in the time that you have the time that you have remains the same no matter what right have 24 hours a day seven days in a week exactly that's it you have that time the way that you choose to spend it is your priorities, whatever you prioritize at that time. And I've been, you know, I've been reading and listening to a lot of books lately. One of them was uh, uh, winning the battle against yourself, like getting your shit together, right? And and figuring out better you, how to organize and shit like that. I'm like, fuck yeah. And I start listening to this and I'm thinking like, man, this would be so good and not just, you know, for me, I think, but also everybody you know in a sense of like get your shit together get organized you know yeah things like how the way that you want to do it and control these things and do not allow everything around you like it it was saying like a 98 percent of what happens in your typical day is under your control it's two percent two percent of what happens around you you cannot control like it's just shit that that happens you cannot control it other people other whatever it is but with that two percent you still control the way that you react to those situations yeah. i was like damn this is like um uh, everything you're saying has been like part of like sales training after sales training that i've attended oh shit it's, yeah. yeah it's like all right well let's map out your day well you're just you know let's really put it down on paper and prioritize you gotta prioritize um and then like you know well, how are you controlling your time? It's this is all you. Don't be reactive. You know, how, how are you controlling it? Oh, and then it's not about it's not about you know when when you do get bad news when you you know if you lost that deal or whatever it is, um, it's not about like you know trying to be all angry or whatever. Yeah. You know, try to figure it out or what's going on. Dude, yeah, figure it out how it went went wrong yeah. and and move yeah. on. Take Learn it to the it. next one. Yeah. Take to the next one. Yeah. And then it's all about like just reacting, like figuring out how you can bring a better attitude, you know, like to, to the whole situation, because it's all on you. It's it's not about um, you can always control how you respond. And that's the number one thing. It's like you control you. That's yep, it. Yep. Like, that's it. So that's if it. If you're frustrated about something you're or you're you're nervous or you're you're anxious or whatever it is. Stop. Take, take, take a second. Like or you're worried or whatever it is. Just stop. Take a second. It's like. Why am I really worried about something that's either in my control, I can fix it if it's in my control, or out of my control, if it's beyond my control, why am I worrying at all? 
So like, there's all these different things that you have to like think about. So that's just like, yeah, that fits right in, man. So we did this exercise and it was like, you have to map out your, your work day. So map out your work day and then put a priority against everything you do. Now think about doing that in your personal time. It's like, shit, I don't know what's in my personal time. <laughs> like, right. What's the things I want to do? Like what's the, you know, what's the things I need to do and how do I apply priority? So for me, it was, um, I know I wanted to start reading again and this is going to sound so stupid, but you know, there was a point where I didn't read a book for like maybe 10 years just because, not because I'm illiterate, but because, uh, you know, great technologies like audible (laughs) podcasts, um, existed. And, uh, um, I just, you know, I'd lose interest, you know, 30 pages in could be a, a revolutionary book, but I was, I was done. But, uh, so anyways, I dedicated time, you know, every morning, all right, so this is a priority for me. My priority is wake up, you know, drink a boatload of water, um, you know, you know, go, you know, put the pot of coffee on and then just go read. Like, right, just knock out 30 minutes, read. Before I knew it, man, I probably cranked out like 30 books this year. Uh, 20, 20, 30 books, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's stacking up, man. Not, not too bad, but that's 30 minutes a day. But it gets me interested. So when I go to bed, I start reading again some more. But it's all about prioritizing your time, just like figuring out what the thing that you want to do. What is something you want to do? That you know you want to do. Is it work out more? Is it is it you know spend more time with your kids? Whatever it is, write that shit down, dedicate a, a slot, a time slot to it, and then just keep doing it. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's it, dude. That's it. I feel it. I feel uh, another yeah, another another better you, better Bim coming on. <laughs> you better Bim, and that's our rant number thirty-two of this episode. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But um, so going back before our tangent there, um, Revit 2021.1, right? Uh, the new release came out, and I do like a few of the new features. Um, specifically, uh, I wanted to, I really wanted to talk about uh, one being the format conversion. So the format importing models in, and you know, to me, I personally feel like format is overlooked a lot of times. Like I know it, it kind of compares to SketchUp. And well, not compared, kind of. It, it does. It directly it, compares it to SketchUp. Exactly. It is. Yeah. It is. And I mean, it combines with uh, you. We found this out earlier, but Bing Maps, right? Um, one of the big things I liked is if you have, let let's say, a commercial office building downtown Portland or downtown Seattle, and you want to see how this building is going to look compared to its, you know, surroundings and how close we are and what what just being able to visualize, right? Because that is a big key part of design. Um, Format itself, dude, for a conceptualizing program, I think it's awesome. And with 2021.1, they gave the capability to bring the materials, like pretty much just mapping the materials from Format into Revit. And then you can pull those materials so it is an actual material library. I mean, I know they had one before, but being able to map these materials inside of Revit back to the same things you were using in Format or being able to switch them over and change it into essentially like Revit materials, right, that you've already gone through. Um, I honestly think it's it's a great integration, and I think it's something that can be used more and more th- the further that we get, especially with generative, desi- generative design. If we can start pushing that into something conceptual like Format, yeah. And well, saying, I think Foreman has a Dynamo engine already. It does. It yeah. does, dude. And that's very exciting, too. 
if we can start running those parameters and saying, you know, the owner's looking for this size of building, um, they need this much space, they need this many offices, kind of what have you, and then we start putting in the code compliance, right? Let's say the county code or the local code, whatever, whatever you're looking at. You start putting in those requirements, you can start seeing, okay, how do we stay within these requirements as compliance, but we get what the owner's looking for? And I think you start combining all that, and, and it, it can give you something really, really great. I know with um, some jurisdictions, dude, it's actually kind of interesting, but some of the jurisdictions I've worked on personally or worked in personally require you to have certain finishes and materials or require your building to look a certain way to fit in with the surroundings. I think the town you live in actually requires a certain look for commercial yes, buildings. It yeah. does. Yes, it does. And I think being able to take that into account when you're designing itself and knowing, like, okay, this is what I got to use, I think that that's perfect, right? Be, I mean, and this is before it even goes into Revit, before a lot of that. Like, you're making cubes and you're making squares and circles and pushing and pulling, dude. Awesome. Awesome. So, so I, I am going to take all the responsibility in the world of Formit not catching on as much uh, as it should have. And the reason being, um, I did a demo of formats on a webcast, and it was the most pitiful thing <laughs> I had done. I was like, look, and then I'll just draw this. And I think I, like, reformed some lines on, like, a, on, a, uh, on a, you know, map image and, like, of, like, a parking lot across the street of, a, of a, one of our offices or something like that. And then, like, yeah. I drew some circles on top, and I was like, boom. It's like, all right, so that's awesome. So, if you saw that, and that's the reason why you didn't adopt Formit, I apologize. Um, I I hadn't used SketchUp before, so I didn't really know what people wanted to see. I mean, I, I know how to use, I know what they wanted to see in SketchUp, but I, you know, I don't know SketchUp. But I was like, oh, it's simple. Here you go. Click some buttons, done. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but that said, I will say, uh, Format, while it's overlooked, and it's primarily that mindset of, well, I'm good at SketchUp, I'm just going to keep using SketchUp, even though you're already paying for it, you know, because you probably bought the AEC collection, so you already have access to to Format. But but whatever the reason, um, if you're still using SketchUp, I got to tell you, man, like I had this customer, he was like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if we're going to be. He had the same mindset, somebody that's like, oh, I've used SketchUp forever, and blah 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 since Google. Um, we just showed him a video of like, Hey, look, this is what, what Forma can do. She goes, Oh, that's perfect. I don't need SketchUp anymore. <laughs> I was like, yep. what? So yep. I don't know. There's like a, a mindset that needs to be overcome. Some people can throw away their, you know, I've been using this for 15 years, you know, whatever mentality yep. and shit, but you know what I love, dude, I love the fact that, um, Format, I don't want to say free, but Formit is a little, Man. yeah, but it's it's cheap and what? what I really want to talk about is the design itself inside of Formit. It doesn't care. Revit, you're very constricted to the parameters. Like Revit has a mind of its own when you're drawing in it, and I want to draw a curtain wall. Let's say that that actually kind of arcs out. It actually bows out a little bit. And maybe comes up in Revit. You're going to have such a hard time doing that unless you design like an in-place mass or something like that, right? A little free-form mass to try and adapt to. If I do that in Formit, it literally takes minutes to draw any kind of surface that I want to, 
And I could import that into Revit and either A, keep the material that I'm using, or B, say, you know what? This is going to be a wall, and I'm going to say wall by mass, right? And I'm not designing it in Revit. I'm using something almost like SketchUp, but again, format. And very quick and easily, like, just draw out my wall, draw out that curtain wall and say, nope, this is that type of wall in Revit, and it's good to go, right? I, I really like that kind of functionality of it because, again, Revit has a mind of its own, and it wants to tell you how to design things sometimes. Yeah, I wonder if that's kind of like um, the McNeil products, like Rhino and, and whatever, that are more like surface modeling and stuff. Um, but then in the end, most people still end up bringing that into Revit. So yeah. it's like, well, maybe we can just get by with with format. Maybe maybe take another look at format, and you'll be you'll be amazed. I don't know, man. Yep, a little bit. Um, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Who, who knows? Who, who are we to recommend but, anything, anyways? Yeah, it's a bunch of nobodies. Bunch of guys. Uh, but that said, man, like. If you're already paying for it, you know, what's the harm, right? If you already got it in your Let's collection, check it out. most people that I chat with about their collection, they're like, oh, yeah, we, we bought the collection because either they upgraded for maintenance and it was the same price for them to do the collection as it was pretty much to anything else, or, um, you know, they they needed to have AutoCAD and Revit or, uh, you know, uh, they Civil 3D, but it was only $600 more to buy, you know, uh, an AEC collection, whatever the reason is, they they opted or they wanted recap with it or something like that. that's probably what it was. Like they had Civil 3D, they wanted recap, um, but you know they're not they're not playing with all the different tools, all the different workflows. Uh, we're talking about format here for for Revit, but um, there's tools on the Civil side too. Infoworks, um, yep. Infoworks is highly overlooked. Oh yeah, dude. The feature extraction we've been playing with in Infoworks lately has been so awesome. The uh, structural bridge design workflow oh, from Infoworks and Inventor into Revit. Dude, awesome. Awesome. To watch it use the Inventor. So first of all, when you design a bridge in Infoworks, it uses Ashto tables. And then what it's doing, because you can put a design row and all that. Dude, it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we can kick the surfaces out to Civil 3D. But when we go to Revit, it uses the Inventor engine. And it see, you see it spinning, just turning, 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 turning. And it's like running through on the bottom. It's converting. Uh, it's creating those families using yep. the inventor engine or Revit. It's it's yep. pretty awesome. It is very pretty awesome, awesome, dude. Very awesome. I think that the new improvements for 2021 for the for the inventor linking were awesome. And then the 2021.1 improvements. I mean, they're just tweaking little things, right? You know that um, they've got to tweak it to make it better, right? But yeah. I mean, honestly, well, dude, it, it, it's it's awesome. It really is. Well, I think I th- honestly, I think uh, Autodesk moving by Autodesk moving to a subscription model, it actually puts the onus on them mm-hmm. to actually make a more competitive product. Yep. Um, otherwise, somebody's going to find something else and jump to that because hey, if we're paying every year, you know, there's no we didn't lose thirteen a thirteen thousand dollar investment for an initial purchase. We're paying you know you know twenty nine hundred bucks a seat or twenty six hundred bucks a seat, whatever. Um, anyway, so let's. Um, you know, let's drop this and buy whatever. So now it's forcing Autodesk to go into a development mind cycle. It's actually given them actually an R&D yeah. budget too, which is pretty cool. Definitely. Definitely, dude. I think that's 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 awesome. It really is. <laughs> Sorry, Michael's trying to get out of the door over here. I was like, what is he doing? Oh, gosh, kids. Ah, kids, man. Yep. Kids, kids. Um, so uh, speaking of Infoworks, did you see the video I shared about the Infoworks COVID um so like 
you can do obviously like Inforest is great at many different things. Uh, it does analysis particularly well. So like okay. we can do like um, mobile analysis, like cars, all that stuff, trains, you know, whatever or buses, whatever we want to do, we can we can do an analysis. But you can also do pedestrian analysis, so you can figure out, you know, um, planning for spacing inside of schools and and hospitals and and just you know getting back to work, all that sort of stuff. You can map all that stuff. You know the comings and goings in supermarkets, how far people need to be spaced apart. You can do all that in Inforex. Like it'll do really? that. Yeah, it's awesome. You can do a visualization with it. It's pretty damn remarkable. Okay. Um, yeah. So another cool that thing. Sounds about pretty Inforex. awesome for like the COVID requirements there. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty damn cool, man. Sorry, I got a little chihuahua out here on my deck, kind of barking or barking her little butt off. Oh, there she went. Okay, we're good to go. <laughs> No worries, man. No worries. My dog's over here just barking her little butt off. Uh, another get, beautiful day. You got a Chihuahua? Yeah, well, Bella. She's like a Chihuahua mix. She's a Chihuahua, like, what is it? Uh, oh, gosh. I don't want to say pom- Papillion. That's what it is, Papillion. A Papillon. Papillon. She's a Papillon. I have no clue what that is, man. Ah, dude, it's a little, little dog that likes to bark a lot. That's what she and you know it's it's fine in a way because I'm like all right people know I have dogs, but then also in the same sense it's like she barks a little too much to let people know I have a dog. Like everybody knows I have a dog. Yeah. <laughs> you ever realize that the, the smaller the dog, the more they bark? Oh yes, oh yes, the small dog syndrome. That's that's definitely is, a man. thing. I feel like yeah. My yeah. neighbor's got two little dogs. Uh, they're probably, I don't know, like this big each. There's two of them. Yeah. And we've lived here for a year. No matter what, just runs up to the fence barking nonstop. Just yeah. nonstop. The uh, owner comes outside, bribes them with the treat. They go back inside. Like, that's that's yeah. literally like the routine. Every time I'm like, do they ever pee? Because, like, I didn't even see it. Like, he just came, ran to the fence and barked at us. <laughs> but, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bella will come outside. You know, she'll be fine for a few minutes, but as soon as she sees any other dog, here's another animal, sees another person, she has to bark instantly and just does not stop. Hey, until, like, hey, hey you! Hey, yeah. you! Hey, hey! Hey, you! <laughs> Makes me think of the frickin' what is that, the woodchuck? Hey! 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 Alan! 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 That's, that's definitely my dog. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, All right. Man. All right, tangent number 37. Uh, Yo, yeah, in the books. Oh, so uh, speaking of upgrades uh, and updates and all that fun stuff to uh, products, um, we were chatting about Revit. Did you want to bring out the cool, you know, update for 2021 in the cloud? Oh, yeah, dude, that was awesome. I've been waiting for this for – I mean, I'm sure everybody's been waiting this for a, uh, for, for a while. For, for a while, anyways. <laughs> uh, beers have been – actually – I haven't had my first beer yet, so it, uh, liquor's getting to me. That's what it is. But uh, nah, dude, in BIM 360, you know the uh, the Revit model cloud upgrade. Um, we've been waiting for a little while that hasn't been activated for 2021. Now it is, so there we go. Um, you can now upgrade all of your models in a single folder to the new version. So 
We've talked about it before being one version at a time if you upgrade uh, through BIM 360. Uh, it's still kind of that way, but they have brought in the 2021 capability now, so you can upgrade to the 2021 version. That's nice. That's nice. Well, there's yeah. another cool um, item that goes with BIM 360. Uh, so we kind of saw this coming. Um, well, well, first of all, I'll tell you what it is. Um, so Deepak Manny, uh, you guys following our podcast you definitely Deepak's follow people cool, dude Deepak's very knowledgeable on a lot of these oh different my gosh things. yeah, yeah a lot he's, of out. he's a Autodesk expert elite very knowledgeable gentleman um but anyways so he shared this and I actually haven't had a chance to verify but uh it definitely makes sense so uh what he said was um with the new updates to uh, model coordination um we can actually uh do coordination automated clash detection inside of the design module uh, yep. so if you're cloud cloud sharing through design you can do coordination with ifc's revit files whatever uh, you and i kind of knew this was coming already um yeah having beta tested some stuff and knowing that autodesk um joined the two departments the so um the coordination team actually joined the design team mm -hmm. which to me made sense like well, yes why the hell can we only do coordination off of or plan? yeah. Yeah. plans? Let's, projects needs to happen. Project yep. files, especially it needs when... to go off the project files. It was going off the plan files before, and it was a disconnected process. You'd have to like copy and paste or take your Revit model and push it up into the plan files. But well, now... there's no way to push it from the plan file. You have to download it and then re-upload it. That's the pain in the butt. Like there's no yeah. there's no like migrate to plans button. Yeah, which no. is a pain in the butt because I've had customers that were like, all right, so we get through a certain phase uh, through through design and we're in we're in the you know plan section. We want to now issue this to the project section so we can actually start sharing other file types and and then uh, sharing that to the people. It's like, well, that's great, but your sheet sets and all that stuff you created, yeah, there's no way for us to carry that information down through to the uh, the project project section. So. Hopefully yeah. all this gets cleaned up, um, that workflow does. But uh, now the fact that there's an integration between coordinate and design sounds, you know, it's pretty awesome. Again, I, I haven't gotten to test it. I haven't seen it. I just saw Deepak Mani, who is somebody that, you know, we, we definitely uh, value his, um, what he says. I, you know, I'm yeah. Yeah. I have no reason to disbelieve him is what I'm saying. No, yeah, and and honestly, being able to connect that process I think is awesome anyways because a lot of times in coordination, that is your disconnection. It's making sure that you have the proper versioning. You're waiting for somebody to update you. You know, you'd put it into Navisworks or into coordinate in this sense, model coordination, um, and update it so it can run the automatic clash detection, right, and, and kind of go from there. But if you can connect the design process with coordination, so when that model updates, when they publish a new version, you're already running clash detection. Now, I'm going to say something even cooler than clash detection is clash prevention. Check that out. You guys want to take a We talked about this last week, man. I, I'm still on that. I'm still on that clash prevention. If, if you're designing and it actually tells you, hey, this is a clash, uh, yes, let's do that. Let cut down on the things that I got to go ahead. Where did we see it? There's somebody shared something, right? I think that like, was bird tools, wasn't it? Yeah. It was clash prevention. Yeah. Uh, and, and they've been doing more and more with it, not just in the sense of 
like model against model, but model against point cloud clash prevention. I think that's, that's an awesome integration. Well, model, well. yeah, that's actually pretty dang. That's very dang, very relevant, especially for what we talk about most of the time. Point clouds. Let me let me check this out. Model or clash prevention. Man, this is a very awesome farmhouse tarragon here. That's a very good like lavender beer, dude. I'm all about it. I am all about some lavender cider. Yep, you're you're right, man. Yeah, it sounds good, dude. Um, lavender grows like weeds in Oregon, dude. It's crazy. Dude, I love it so yeah. much. I have three lavender plants growing out here, and I, it's awesome. It smells awesome. so floral and piney. It's like natural potpourri in Oregon. It's crazy. Uh, if you don't mind the allergies, it's freaking you know delightful. Um, yeah, it's called Clash Preventer. That's what it is. It's uh, yep. by Bird Tools, man. Good memory, dude. Yeah, you know, occasionally I'll get something right. I, I had to, I had, you know, I had to like fact check hey, you don't there. Don't quote us on statistic, bro. Don't don't <laughs> quote us on statistics, but <laughs> that sure, one. Man, I'm telling you, it's coming, man. Uh, you, you were like double fisting, double fisting uh, two two glasses of whiskey. You've got a cider over here. I'm like, there's no way he's pulling this up. There's no way he remembers this. But, oh man, yeah, dude. No, I, I've seen uh, quite a few improvements with that uh, the 2021.1 release. Um, I like that that uh, <laughs> upgrade Revit Cloud models. Um, I'm loving the fact that you can actually reset your shared coordinate systems, and you know that's one big thing we've been looking at. Um, I've heard a lot of uh, kind of feedback with shared coordinates through BIM 360 because it kind of ruins your shared coordinate system when you push your model up. Yeah. Right. You go to link them together. And, you know, that does suck. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you guys. That sucks. Like pushing that model up there and losing it. Uh, it. It's not awesome. But I know that now they're, they've been working more on it, especially with acquire coordinates from, uh, excuse me, models published in BIM 360, resetting your shared coordinates. But also, if I can give you guys a little tip and trick here. Um, the way that I like to do it is if you lose your shared coordinates, I'll start a new Revit template and I'll load both. I'll link both of those models in essentially reset that shared coordinate system, position them where I need to save it. So, you know, you're, you're going to go ahead and publish coordinates, what have you, and then actually take that Revit template or that model that you're working on, save that into BIM 360. Guess what? When you go to get into it next time, all your shared coordinates are cool. I know it's kind of it kind of sucks to have to go through and kind of redo it. So I'm looking forward to the point when Autodesk gets to, you know, where it recognizes the shared coordinates and it doesn't kind of switch it when you put it up into the cloud. I'm I'm really looking forward to when we get to that point. But as of right now, a good workaround for that, yeah, is creating that new model, publishing and acquiring those coordinates, and then go ahead and push it back up, save it into BIM 360, because when you save those coordinates into or save that model with those coordinates into BIM 360, you're setting it all up again. What do you think um, the why the disconnect is there for um, not carrying the, the shared coordinates through BIM 360? I've been wondering about that myself. Um, I've got a couple of opinions on it, one being when you, when you push it up, like when you go to link it in itself, um, it doesn't. I guess the upload process, like the central model process of it, it could lose it. I'm, I'm not sure. Honestly, my opinions would be, again, yeah, when you load it up, it loses it. Or 
um, when you move it from your, let's say, your local computer where you've already got the coordinate system, everything set up, and you're pushing it into the cloud, it's like when you uh, when you move a file, right, and you're referencing it. Um, anytime you reference a file and it moves its location, unless it's a relative type of path, it breaks it and it yeah. doesn't look. So I'm almost wondering if that's the kind of the case that it is when you push it up into the cloud, that model all of a sudden doesn't know where everything is, right? Um, all of my links, my relative links have to be reestablished once they're on BIM 360 because that's a different path type. And at that point, once I have it, I save them all up there, then it recognizes it. But that, that's my theory anyways. Sure. Yeah, that could be it, man. I have no clue. I was just curious. Um, dude, I'm like just checking all these things off our list, man. We're uh, we're about an hour in. Um, and oh, there was something I wanted to uh, to chat about. Um, and I know you get this too quite a bit, but uh, we got some cool fans, man. Yeah. Um, they reach out to us all the time, like which is awesome. Like always getting feedback. Uh, my favorite part though is getting a new listener uh, who who I have no connection with on on LinkedIn. So I have no idea how the heck they heard our podcast because that's the only place I typically share it. Yeah. But somehow they got a link and then they you know try to friend me on LinkedIn. It's like oh my god, I love your podcast. Um, you know, I'm just you know getting to band. Like we got one uh, from a master's student today in Germany, which is really cool. We got a shout out from uh, 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 another gentleman who uh, like ranked his favorite BIM podcast is yes. like the Summer yeah. of BIM. It's like, yeah. dude, this is so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. List, yeah. yeah, dude, it felt yeah. really good to be on that. It felt, it, it always feels good when you guys reach out. All we have such great listeners. I, I really do feel like we have great listeners. We have a great um, base follow, like a fan base kind of following us, right? And I love it. Like I said, I love it when you guys reach out and when Joey gets something, I get something. It, it always feels good to see. Oh, great. You guys are, are doing awesome. Thank you for this information. Great. It lets us yeah. know kind of we're on the right path. Right. You yeah. know, we're just trying to help out as many people as we can. And, and, and of course, <laughs> give us a reason to drink some beer and bullshit for an hour, hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Like this isn't David. David, I mean, you know this, obviously, this isn't our job. We don't get paid for this. No, um, we we do this because we like it. We like, again, you know, to reiterate the way this podcast started, we had water cooler talk at work that yep. was just going on way too damn long. And we were just <laughs> chatting about BIM processes and, you know, shit going on and how people can overcome it. New technology, new processes, things should be people should be looking at. Um, cool things that we heard from somebody or somebody somewhere saw at a trade show, whatever it was. But we always had these, you know, pretty long water cooler talks that ended up pretty much consuming a lunch period or something says so like all right let's let's record these i don't know if it was paul or somebody was like you should just record these like all right. yeah dude all right. like oh that's not a bad idea yeah. all right maybe we will yeah yeah <laughs> here we are man uh several several thousand several thousand downloads later and uh loving it man so yeah dude it, keep it up yeah yep thank you again to all of our listeners though you guys are really um kind of what help us keep going i mean Honestly, with seeing the number of people that we've had follow us, it's it's honestly a little more motivation. Like, oh, shit, I got to make sure, you know, this week we're doing cool. And what are we going to cover this week, man? What are we going to talk about? You know, and it gives me a little bit of excitement because I know that somebody's out there listening. 
You know, yeah. somebody's out there and they're they're taking what we have or what we say and, and they're kind of weighing it. And, you know, we don't expect you guys to take everything, obviously. Um, it, it's just here and there. If you can take one thing away from this podcast, is it valuable? Yes. I, I think at that point, if you can take one thing away from this podcast, it's worth your time to listen. Yeah. And at the end of the day, who's not going to listen to a couple of dudes just bullshitting about <laughs> drinking beer and, and bin, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you got something you want us to drink, let us know. We, yep. uh, we're we always out for uh, trying new beers. Uh, next week, I've got my beer. I was going to drink it today, but it's not cold. But uh, I got two little, you know, two and a half gallon kegs. Yeah. Full of some Citra IPA. So we'll... Uh, See how that goes. Man. Hell yeah, dude. You know, and, and also talking about uh, like getting on that kind of uh, subject there. If you guys want us to cover anything, if you guys have any con- like controversial topics. Oh, not controversial. See, Come on, man. Man, let's do it. If you guys got any controversial topics you want to talk, you want to bring up and say, how do you guys feel about this? Let us know. Reach out. We are always willing to kind of stop, take a step back and, and, and see – what we can talk about, we're all about the drama sometimes, sometimes, I'm going to say sometimes, but, but you know, we're, we're willing to jump into it and, and, and give it a look over and willing to talk about things, man. I, I, I can't, I can't even, you know, yeah. thank you and guys if, enough. Yeah. And if there's somebody out there that has a strong opinion, hell, let's get you on the podcast. Yeah, let's, uh, let's hear from you. We're happy yeah. to, to bring this on. I mean, we've got. Uh, a whole line of people that we want to have on that we're trying to get on and trying to work out schedules. It's just, uh, you know, it's just me and Dave bullshitting. So that's it. You guys ever got something you want to talk about? Us, Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Bring a bottle with you uh, or, or can or, you know, water, whatever. We don't care. Uh, as long on. as you write vodka on the water bottle, it's all <laughs> Nobody will know. Get a sticky note and put it on the side of your water bottle. We're cool. <laughs> Speaking of vodka, real quick, man, what the heck was behind your Virgin Bloody Mary, Virgin Mary? Uh, dude, so that's pretty funny. I wanted to drink during the day. I've been, I've been getting more like I really want a day drink, but I shouldn't uh, day drink. You know, I really, I really want a Bloody Mary, but I recognize the fact that I should not be drinking at this hour. I'm going to go ahead and drink a Virgin Bloody Mary. I think a Bloody Mary was invented to drink while the sun was still out. I think that's the reason. It's, it's a breakfast. It's a breakfast cocktail, man. Okay. I mean, so if I'm honest, I ran out of vodka. All right. <laughs> I tried, it. I tried right. it with whiskey and I tried it with tequila. It is not the same. Oh, it is not the oh. same. It's the tequila one called uh, Bloody. Oh, yeah. Bloody Mary. Oh no. Yeah. Is it a Bloody Mary or what? No, Bloody no. Mary. It's a Dirty Mary or that's the Bloody Maria. Bloody Maria, that's it. Bloody Maria, and with the uh, with the whiskey, it's like a, a dirty Mary or a brown Mary, something like that. No, I'm gonna say no to both those. They sound no, disgusting. it does sound disgusting, but it, it wasn't it wasn't too great either. I'm not gonna lie. The whiskey taste was not good with the tomato and the olives and stuff like that. I'm like ah, maybe bacon, maybe bacon. <laughs> so yeah, whiskey and. Bacon. I mean, Let's come on. Bacon. I mean, come on. That goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a. There's a shot called a breakfast shot, and it was like, I don't know, some kind of like blueberry whiskey, some you know something, some other shot that you had with it. But anyways, when you mix it all together, it ended up tasting 
like a pancake and you eat, eat a piece of bacon, bacon afterwards or something like that. I don't remember. It's, it had this when I was like 20, 20, 22 or something like that. I was I was of age, guys. I was of age. Oh, it's a Bloody Mary Ann. A Bloody Mary Ann. Is the, the whiskey one? one? Yep. No. <laughs> I don't know, dude. No. Yeah. Pass, man. I love my Bloody Marys, dude. In fact, like, I've been on this low carb diet for I don't know a few weeks. The only the only exception is I drink like two IPAs a day. Um. And uh, Bloody Marys probably be the the one drink that I'm I'd replace the IPAs with, man. Oh, I in a second, Bloody dude. I love Bloody Marys. I would drink those things all day, but I yeah. I mix uh, Zing Zang and spicy hot uh, V8 juice together, and then uh, you know I pickle a lot of veg anyways. So I put some vodka in there, throw some pickled veg in there, I call it good, man. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I I started uh, you know it's the it's the I don't know what I don't know what to work to use here, but um, I always want to like start adjusting the recipes. Like I bought this, I've I've been buying different Bloody Mary mixers, and I've liked quite a few of them uh the private selection was good lefty duels there's a couple other san francisco based ones i've used um uh, gosh I, I can't remember that one i used um started with an a aglermos or something like that pretty good mixes right but and i'm like oh, i wonder what it'll be like to make my own so i went out and got some tomato sauce or tomato juice and worcestershire and and uh um, like, again were I can't I, I dude that is like one of the Worcestershire 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 sure sorry that's one of those words I probably will never actually like get down <laughs> you know I'll never be able to properly say it right but I, it, I, I was born in this town real quick I was born in this town called Worcester uh, Worcester mm-hmm. Massachusetts it's it's spelled W O R C E S T O R Worcester so everybody called it Worcester, Worcester. Nobody could pronounce it. And it's the same thing. And I found out, like, I'm like, well, can you say Worcestershire? They're like, Worcestershire. <laughs> like, right. You're just an idiot. I, I got it. It's not, not my city. You're an idiot. No. That's funny. Uh, dude, I've been I've been kind of tweaking it there. You know, and I started with the with the sauce and the, and, um, the tomato juice and garlic and all that's trying to trying to kind of feel it out myself and and of course i texted you like ah, i think i need some tomato paste <laughs> like it's just not thick enough man it's yeah. not thick enough it's just not there but it's been a it's been an interesting little learning process and i made them virgin virgin so i could drink a few more without getting completely stupid by noon but <laughs> Just saying V8 has all the vegetables you need, bud. It's right there. <laughs> That's definitely true. That's true. I, I like that. I drink V8 like it's going out of style, though. So, like, I've always been that that weird guy that loves – I love V8. I don't know what it is. I just love V8 juice. Uh, and it's weird because, like, the spicy hot one's, like, almost a little too spicy for me. But if I buy the V8, the regular V8, it's like, oh, this is bland as hell. It's like, all right, buy the regular ones, pour it like half a bottle of sriracha in there, call it good. Yeah, there you go, dude. There you go. Throw a couple of green olives in there and some pickled asparagus. I love pickled green beans. Oh. Pickled green beans are good, yeah. Pickled green beans are so good. Yeah. So have you had the Bloody Mary at uh, the Mountain Hood uh, Timberline Lodge yet? No, I haven't. Not yet. 
Dude, it's right up the road from you, man. Got to yeah, give it a try. Yeah, we up here like once a month. Yeah, uh, try to time it out during the Americana Musical Festival. Um, you know, obviously, it's this year's past. It'll be next year. Yep. But like, there's uh, an Americana Music Festival. It's free. Go up there, hang out. There's bands playing. Um, go hang out at the bar and you know get yourself bloody married, dude. It's, the kids will have fun running around and it's pretty awesome. Yeah, heck yeah, dude. I'm gonna have to try that. Uh, TJ, my neighbor over here, actually tempted me to go to the coast because they had some ridiculous bloody marys. Like, the dang, dang thing had like sliders, hamburger sliders on it, and like celery stalks and asparagus and like all kinds of stuff bacon and everything coming out of this glass and it's i'm a like meal. it's a meal in a glass that's a meal in a glass yes yeah. it is <laughs> that's that's actually one of the one of my favorite things about a bloody mary too i'm like mm, i'm feeling like a liquid lunch today let's do a bloody mary <laughs> get your uh, double serving of vegetables call it good man yes sir there you go heck yeah <laughs> right, i love it man i love it well, hey, man, I'm going to end this. It's uh, about 11.30 my time, so uh All right. Somewhere. Thank yeah. you for uh, joining us for another episode of Brewing with BIM. Yeah, thanks, everybody. And uh, hit us up, follow us, like, subscribe, whatever you guys do. Keep it up. Thank yep. you so much. Thank you.